The Game of Thrones Season 8 trailer is finally out. EW's massive Game of Thrones issue going behind the scenes of the Battle of Winterfell is also now out. I'm James Hibbard, and I'm here with Darren Franich, and we have so much to talk about this new episode of the podcast, uh, breaking down that rather cryptic trailer and talking about some of our season eight set visit uh, with new spoiler-free details about what it was really like working on the show for the final season. This is the return of EW's Game of Thrones weekly podcast brought to you by Toyota. That's right, James. We have a new sponsor for our new season. EW's Game of Thrones Weekly is brought to you by Toyota. Preparing for a journey of your own? Introducing the all-new Toyota RAV4 Limited. Fully equipped with boundless versatility and revolutionized style, it's ready to take over. And with available dynamic torque vectoring all-wheel drive and multi-terrain select, it's capable of embarking on almost any adventure. So no matter which direction you plan on heading, RAV4's innovative tech and intuitive navigation system gives you the confidence to venture through new territory. Visit toyota.com slash RAV4 for more details. James, I'm excited to talk about Game of Thrones again with you. The trailer did just come out. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to dig into the James Hibbert issue of Entertainment Weekly, which everyone should go check out right now, with like, how many covers do we have? Uh, we have 16 covers, which is just bonkers. That, that's like the most we've ever done in EW's history as, as a publication, 16 different covers. And it's also 78 pages, and it's all Game of Thrones. So there are retrospectives, we have a... Uh, oral history of the Red Wedding in there. We have like all sorts of different things to help you sort of catch up uh, before starting the new season. And uh, our set visit, uh, which we'll you know talk about later. I think we should talk about the trailer first, and, and then we'll talk about uh, the behind the scenes of the Battle of Winterfell. So let's dig into the trailer. Uh, James, I didn't really know what to expect from the trailer. Obviously, I'd read your feature, and it goes so in-depth about the big Battle of Winterfell, so I thought there'd be some of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Fair to say the trailer is almost mostly that, um, not even so much the battle, but we're seeing most of the majority of the characters mm. seem to be at Winterfell now, with a few notable exceptions. Um, did that kind of surprise you? I mean, like, it feels like, you know, you've kind of made the point before that these Game of Thrones preseason trailers, they often show you way less than you might expect. Um, but this felt very focused on a specific corner of the map, on where, admittedly, most of the characters are, are hanging out now. But that was definitely kind of a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, I think this season, just like the last couple seasons, the trailer is very much sort of you know not telling you very much in advance I mean and this one I would guess that maybe half of it is from like the first episode and half of it is quick shots from the battle episode and the rest of the season is completely dark <laughs> you know, you know? And if you think about it there's really not much you actually and we'll, we'll talk about you know you know what's cool about it, but you know there's not much you were actually told that's new you already knew you know Danny was going to you know, Winterfell. Uh, if you read a story, you know that Arya has a you know big role in the battle. Um, you know, the things that you learned that were new, I mean, is one that Jamie, it looks like, you know, ends up at Winterfell. And, in a fiery and, and, inferno, and, 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 by the look of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and <laughs> is, is part of the action, which you can kind of assume even from the ending of, of the last season, you know, when he said that's, you know, he was going to go north and help you know, in the uh, battle against uh, the dead. So, but that hadn't been confirmed until now. So, so that's definitely new. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as other just new stuff that I noticed, um, there was the shot of a fleet that looked like the Greyjoy fleet, but with a lot of gold-looking people on there, which, you know, obviously kind of jumped out at me as a lifelong Greyjoy fanboy. Um, what about that stuff? Was, was, was there anything besides the battle that really jumped out at you in, in this first You see, I, you know, I didn't look at 
the flags on the ship, but I was thinking that that was maybe the Golden Company. Ah, because there we that go. was what Euron was going uh, to go by uh, for, for Cersei to help, you know, in, in their sneaky fight. So Euron was involved betray. somehow. Euron's involved somehow. That's oh, the important oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Euron has a good role this season. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that might be, the, you know, those with those soldiers in the golden uh, armor in there, I think that might be the golden company ships. And, and so that would be definitely new. It, there's also, if you kind of freeze it at just the right spot, you can see uh, Tormund Giantsbane. Uh, who, you know, you didn't really think he died in that avalanche at the end of season seven, but he could have, you know, and, and, and this is the first time that they've actually confirmed uh, in some way that he's back. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I mean, like, because uh, there, there was some thought about, mm -hmm. like, they wouldn't just kill someone off like that. But then again, there are so many people to kill this season. So, <laughs> so many to it, kill. It would have made sense. <laughs> um, James, uh, you know, one thing that I think is interesting to me about the trailer is I was sort of joking with you that in a very abstract way, the trailer kind of reminded me of the trailer for Avengers Endgame insofar as, like, here's a thing that you, they know they don't really have to sell it. So right. they can kind of just have a trailer full of sad people in dark rooms. And <laughs> they know that that is going to kind of shut down the internet for the day. Um, but, uh, you know, we also did see someone who looks way less sad. Cersei is hanging out very far from where the action's happening in Winterfell. And I was fascinated by all of her little moments. Um, what was your kind of read on just like, I don't know, her face in those moments was kind of tantalizing. Uh, so fun fact about that, uh, according to Twitter, uh, the character name that was most used in the first four hours of the trailer being launched was Cersei. So that was what people were focusing on the most. And I don't even think she has a line in the trailer, but she has some- She's like some... swilling wide and she's hanging out in King's Landing. Like, yeah, no, she, she, she doesn't say or even seem to be really doing anything. Well, so interesting. yeah, but the thing is, you know, Lena Headey, you know, even just not saying anything is just fascinating to watch. You know, she has this one shot where she kind of has that smug Cersei look. <laughs> and she has this other shot where she has this you know, complex mix of a micro expressions disturbed Cersei look, and you're I'm I'm dying to know what she's thinking in in that part. So Twitter's all about Cersei. What are the other kind of big like I've definitely noticed a lot of love for Arya mm -hmm. just because she's so front and center. And yeah. I mean, as your feature kind of gets into, it is so strange that Arya has been preparing for battle, preparing to become a kind of action badass right. most of the run of the show. And it's interesting that like this is kind of going to be her moment in a way. I mean, she's she's killed lots of people, mm. but like this is the sort of Arya unleashed moment. It's really <laughs> interesting to see. I mean, we see her covered in blood. Yeah. She's running down some dark corridor somewhere. Bad things are happening is the, is the basic vibe with Arya in this trailer. Right, right, right. Yeah, she, yeah she, she's definitely in the mix and getting to put to, to use all the skills that she's been honing over all these years. You know, another thing I would point out in the trailer, uh, my, my favorite shot is a shot of Danny and John. Uh, walking to the two dragons. They're walking in this purposeful stride. You got the two dragons waiting for them. Uh, you, know, you know, people are speculating, oh, you know, is John going to ride a dragon? Is he going to be riding w with Danny? Or are they just going to pet them and feed them? You, you know, you, you, know you, you don't really know what, what's going on there. But, um, but it's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the dragons is uh, Rhaegal, which we know is Jon Snow's, was named after Jon Snow's dad, so. Yeah, I, I was very interested that, like, nothing in the trailer, like, there wasn't the moment that we're maybe waiting for where someone gives Jon and Danny the news right. about the fact 
that they are a little, a little more related than they might right. have expected. Um, but that is interesting because, I mean, there's kind of, I, I guess what we expect is there's the two levels to that revelation. One mm -hmm. is like, oh, I'm sleeping with my aunt, which is an interesting moment of realization. But the follow-up will be like, I guess I, Jon Snow, can be a dragon rider now. That That's his sort of part of the bloodline, right? So it's interesting. That's kind of what you're talking about, that he could be approaching the dragons in that way. Right. In the kind of, right. Well, um, well, I, I think the third leg there is is that he has a claim to the Iron Throne. Yeah, they didn't do like the hacky version of of that, which is the hacky version of the trailer would have been, you know, Sam goes, John, I have something to tell you, and he walks into the room, and then they, they shut the door, and then 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 it goes black. You know, that, that that would have been totally the the other way of going in that trailer. That you know, a lesser show. You know, I, I could see. No, I mean it really is just more like they're teeing up these. Interesting, like dramatic moments with everyone. We sort of talked for a second about how Gendry is hard at work in the forge. He's doing what 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 he should be doing. Um, Grey Worm and um, Sande are having what looks to me like maybe a final farewell. Like we're not really in the point yet where we're going to be doing the death sweepstakes of the season. But I worry about both of those people surviving this season. Um, of course, because they're 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 a wonderfully happy, you know, well-adjusted <laughs> relatively for for Westeros couple. <laughs> And you know, so yeah, so yeah. I feel like you always have to worry about anyone that that seems remotely happy with another person on this I show. I haven't even thought about this, but this is actually making me realize that weirdly, because I'd always assumed that either John or Danny were going to die at some point, like just for no other reason than like that seems very dramatic, and they've both been so central to the show, mm. and the show would of course abuse us in that way. But it's funny that actually the revelation about them being related will will make their love life just kind of. I don't want to say disturbing enough, but just like out there enough, and it's like, oh, actually, maybe they will live. And that's they have to kind of live with this knowledge, yeah, in, in yeah. a strange way. Yeah, they could live and just be like utterly like conflicted and miserable about it. You know? Um, you know, we're sort of talking, James, about how all the teases in this episode, but you know, again the big battle that's being teased, all we really see of the other side is like the hoof of yes. the horse at yes. the end. Yeah, you didn't see the Night down. King, you didn't see... Is that kind of surprising for you? Yeah, that like it is, I mean again, it's it's the level this show is at that it doesn't need to show too yeah. much more, but it is just yeah. funny, such an interesting note to end on. Yeah, like, yeah, I was I was expecting to see that sort of awe-inspiring shot of like legions and legions of, of the dead, but you know, it might be one of those things where, you know, they're looking at the episode and they're like, Man, that shot's so cool. Let's not put it in the trailer. You know, they, they sort of think of you know, the opposite of the way people normally think about trailers. It's like, no, this is too good. You know, leave it out of the trailer. Yeah. So, so you know, you know, there's an interview uh, that we did at the Dan David, the the showrunners, and they were just saying, you know, if it's up to us, you know, we wouldn't even do a trailer. You know, which they're only kind of half joking when they said that. You know, they they were still doing a trailer because they want to do a trailer, but. You know, they have a little bit of mixed feelings because you know they love the idea of people watching and just knowing as little as possible. That's interesting. Yeah, like could you go the full Beyonce with this and have no? I mean, not full Beyonce because you you have to say when the show is debuting, mm -hmm. but just sort of drop it in that way. Again, I guess it goes back to the fragile Endgame comparison I made earlier, which is like you can just show a lineup of the thirteen or fourteen remaining characters and just do little moments with them, not necessarily knowing what they're even doing, and that's mm -hmm. kind of tantalizing enough for people. Um, was there anything else in the trailer besides the really fantastic dragon stuff? You mentioned the kind of quieter moment of Danny mm -hmm. and John walking up to feed them or who knows what. Um, but again, again, it's funny watching this now just being like, well, like there's definitely all the budget 
in this season because yeah. there was the one shot of the dragons going through the canyon. Yeah. Which it, it just looked that a little, great. there was just a little more texture to it, I think, right. than we've gotten, even with some of the great stuff with the creatures mm -hmm. in, in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that looks like, you know, you know, we might get one of those sort of, you know, your joyous, occasional joyous moments like Harry Potter riding Buckbeak, you know, you know, he's going across the lake, but, you know, the dragon version of that. Right, when it's funny, because again, you know, thinking about what you can do when, you know, as you mentioned, it's like 10 months, mm. and who knows how much, two films, six episodes, maybe you can actually start to do those quieter moments, whereas in the past, the dragons have been a little more like, you know, we, it's time to deploy them for the yeah. major fiery action set piece. Like, right. It's funny to think of like, we'll see more of them, not mm. in the their kill beast mode, which, which would be kind of new for the last few seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right, and of course, you know, another thing we didn't see is the ice dragon. You know, there's that. You know, yeah, how, how is how, how is the ice dragon going to play? Ice dragon, and and how do they? Actually, so, so I didn't even realize that because the Night King is traveling on the ice dragon now. Uh, yeah, presumably. presumably so yeah. that's not even his his his, his uh, horse at the end. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see the, the ice dragon versus living dragon showdown, mm -hmm. which I assume is going to happen at some point. Is th that's one of the big question marks for me because I mean, you know, one of the great things about your feature is you go so in depth about how just the sheer level of practical production that went into that battle is astonishing and it's you know bigger Winterfell than ever before I thought in the trailer I, I kind of sodged a few more exterior pieces to Winterfell yeah. than maybe we'd, we'd seen previously um, but the dragons you know even with all the money in the world, you cannot do that practically. So yeah. it's interesting to see them sort of like holding off on some of that stuff for the season. Yeah. Um, anything else from the trailer that was really kind of jumping out to you this morning? Let's see. I I think that I think I think we've pretty much hit all all the main points. Is it weird yeah. to you just to think about how like um, as gigantic as this last season is going to be, it's almost the most intimate in a way, just because everybody is in the same, like, you know, the same 100-foot square yeah. radius for the first time, basically since the premiere. I guess that's one thing that I liked about the trailer was it sort of mentioned, you, you had Bran kind of talking mm. about everything you've done has led you here, and that sense of the mm. circle sort of closing back around in Winterfell. Um, it's, just, it, it's interesting, because, you know, we've been through a couple seasons that are just so gigantic and so spread out all around the continent and at least this trailer is kind of like it's all happening in Winterfell now. <laughs> right there's a there's a quote in in the feature story from director David Nutter talking about uh, you know how there's there's a few shots in it where they have so many series regular characters together that it just kind of feels like you're doing a superhero movie mm -hmm. you know so you know to, you know to your Avengers point earlier and uh, there's one episode that he directs, which is very much like what you're describing. It's very sort of like lots of play-like uh, intimacy, uh, you know, in terms of you know lots of conversations, lots of characters who've not talking, not talking, not talking. Um, you know, uh, a lot of characters. Penny up, Penny up's not <laughs> yeah, not talking. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the showrunners are, are are not talking about the finale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, with a lot of characters who have either never spoken before or haven't spoken in many years. Mm -hmm. And some of them have, like, literally grown to twice their size since the last time they were interacting, it seems like. It's, right. to, me, to me, that still is, in a way, you know, just thinking about the effect of this trailer. You know, one other thing you can draw upon is the fact that some of these characters, we've seen them grow up in front of us. And mm -hmm. I always think that that is the, you know, just mentioning the Harry Potter thing. Some of Game of Thrones became the Harry Potter of this decade 
made in that specific way that it's like Arya yes. and Sansa and Jon and even Danny to a certain extent. You've seen them kind of grow up and grow into these roles and, yeah. and grow beards the way that we did. For yeah, some of the guys. well, well, our, our, our Arya and Sansa haven't. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's a, there's a there's a little exchange in in the story where um, Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams are just sitting there in this smoky dark hangar by by themselves and they're just like going, you know, we're no longer the little kids of Game of Thrones. You know, this sort of, this sort of reflective moment. You know, they're thinking about how how much things have changed. It's time for all new adventures, introducing the all new Toyota RAV4 Adventure Grade, equipped with standard dynamic torque vectoring all-wheel drive and multi-terrain select. It's ready for new adventures and unexpected twists. The RAV4's distinctive rugged design is a strong indicator of its unprecedented capability, while its boundless versatility and adventurous spirit enable you to roam over almost any terrain. Begin your adventure by visiting toyota.com slash RAV4 for more details. Well, I want to dig into the feature, sure. if that's cool, James, because uh, I've been fortunate enough. I, I've, I, I read it through a, mm -hmm. a couple of times. I even read some of the special deleted scenes that maybe you'll be revealing at, at, at some later date. Um, my favorite stuff in it comes from uh, my personal superhero, Miguel Sapochnik. He um, is, <laughs> I mean, Miguel Sapochnik is, uh, you know, for those who don't know, you know, he directed Hard Home, he directed uh, The Battle of the Bastards, you know, he takes on the battle episode in this. Um, I mean, it is, it's pretty incredible what he did. I mean, at one point, David Benioff, the, the showrunners, you know, mentioned you know, that he says, I don't think any director has ever worked as hard on a, a television episode in history than he worked on this. I mean, the, the guy the guy was really uh, going for it. I mean, there's one part where he's, he's literally directing three different scenes from three different units at the same time and sort of trying to dart between them. And uh, which, you know, for anyone who knows how these things are put together, that, that's, just, that's, just, that's just nuts. I mean, well, it's so and, hard. And well, what I love is that, you know, in your kind of reporting for uh, the feature, you know, you have just these great, to me, details I can grasp onto. The fact that there were 11 weeks of night shoots yeah. for this single episode. And that wasn't even really the end of the filming of the episode. That was just the sort of like night shoot portion of it. You know, like the number of people, like 750 people working all through the night. But um, I just kind of love, on an artistic level, level hearing Sapochnik discuss it, because he mentions um, this notion of we were going to film it a certain way. He right. kind of mentions it as almost kind of like the Marvel movie method of where you're kind of cutting it up and where there's green screen. And it seems as if at some point he certainly was very adamant mm -hmm. about, like, let's try to make this. We have this space to work with. Right. Let's make it as, um, you know, if not realistic, certainly as vivid and use as much of the space as we can, which seems like, I mean, I don't know how many weeks that added yeah. to the process, yeah. but I, I assume it was a few. Yeah, yeah, because normally if you sort of <laughs> chop it up you know, really tightly. You can you can plan every single specific shot, every single specific close up, and you only really need you know whoever's on camera and the basic crew for that particular moment. But if you do it in a more expansive way, and you allow for a certain amount of flow and improvisation, and you know you end up with basically the whole cast that are that are there and within that battle on set, and the, and then with all their attending crew members as well, and so you end up with a lot more people on set for a much longer time, and that's how it ended up being those eleven weeks of 
of, of, of night shoots. And uh, what's interesting to me about that is, you know, again, kind of getting back around to what can you accomplish with a show when you have 10 months to film six episodes and when you're yeah. able to, you know, with a battle scene or, because uh, Sapochnik directed two episodes this season, yes. right? Um, I guess I'm just, it's really interesting to me, you mentioned that David Nutter mm -hmm. w w has an episode that is more kind of dialogue and more interactions. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, I guess just like, I'm glad to see that they're very aware of kind of balancing that. Like, I, I wonder if there was some yeah. notion of like, we have to make every week like uh, extravaganza and every week needs to be a, um, you know, surprise the dragon comes down and, and yeah. blows up the caravan. I, I suspect there will be some of that, but I was very interested to see that the showrunners certainly also seemed very aware of that. Oh, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you look back on Game of Thrones, it's like, it's like, you know, 80%, you know, just, you know, you know, conversation and just characters talking and, it's, it's and, and, and a, lot, wine, a lot of times you know? <laughs> two characters in a room. I mean, you know, the action is memorable because it's so well done and I you don't know, think they've ever done an action scene that was that was just like one of their other action scenes. They try so hard to make each of them unique and so they really stand out in our memory, especially considering how well they've gotten at doing them in, in recent years. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a mix of those big action moments and and the quieter, more more intimate scenes. You know, back to the the directing of the episode with, with Sapochnik, you know, one of the quotes added into the online version was uh, Jacob Anderson, who plays Grey Worm, he was talking about how the Winterfell additions, uh, in terms of making that set bigger and more expansive, that y you get to a point where you're running around that set, and instead, usually when you kind of run through a doorway on a set, you see like plywood and equipment. You know, you don't see more set, and you can go from room to room to room where it's all you know, immersive set, and then you add in, you know, like, you know, snow and uh, fire and ash, <laughs> and you add in all these extras and all these actors, and you do these long takes. He was saying that there are times while working on, and the, plus you're working at like four o'clock in the morning, and you're like tired <laughs> and, you know, worn out. He says there are moments that I literally forgot that I was like, Acting that that and that this wasn't real, and he says, and that's just bizarre. You know, that doesn't normally ever happen. You know, he that he literally lost himself in the story. But you know, we usually record our podcast at like five or six in the morning on a Monday, so that's that's pretty hard too. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty hard. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, our jobs are really the, the hardest. Talking about this stuff. Yeah, but just you know, just the 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 sheer amount of effort that went into this uh, into into this episode. I mean. Uh, you and the candor, which you know, and you had to kind of, I had to kind of like coax a bit to get the actors to open up about it because nobody wants to sound like they're whining. No one wants to sound like they're ungrateful for for being in it. Um, you know, no one wants to sound like, oh, you know, here you are, this actor who's wealthy and famous, and you're sort of complaining about what you do. But even after just a week on the set, you know, myself, I I was I was I was wrecked. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I actually uh, got like this like like crazy like staph infection that took like like two months to to go away um, that was uh, that you know it put me in the ER, uh, which I ha which I haven't really 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 talked about before. Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, I I have a photo, <laughs> which I which I am ER? not going to show the camera, but I will show you. This is in no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It was, oh, that's it not was, good at all. And you can't really sell, but it's like creeping oh, down my beard no. too. Oh, that's some like. Uh, yeah, that's a medieval. That, that's yeah, a medieval that's stuff that. there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's 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 it, you know. Did you, know, you go to the ER in it's, it's, in Belfast? It's like it's like grayscale but red and swollen. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I it started. Did you just like go to like? Was there a like set medic you could go to? I, well, I, I noticed that there's. Oh, set, now, now the reporters. Said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh oh. Uh, there was. It was like last day on Seth. I noticed that I was feeling a bit unwell, and you know, and I felt like there's something going on. But it wasn't until I was on the flight back that I really knew I was in trouble. And so I went to the ER when I got back to Austin. That's so, crazy. Yeah. And then it was like the first antibiotics didn't work, the second ones didn't work. They had to keep ramping it up. So um, you were sick for two months? Yeah, so I, was, I, was, I was sick for two months <laughs> for, for, for being in. in you need to do a, a follow-up with all the actors and see, okay, what was the, what yeah, was the, like, what yeah. was the like, overall medical loss? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean just, just when I was there, I mean, you know, you know it's in the, in the story. At one point, one of the you know, major actresses on the set, you know, during a scene that wasn't an action scene, that was just like standing there, just collapsed. You know, she just went down. Mm -hmm. And the showrunners kind of ran. I've never seen the showrunners run in all years I've been on the set, and they were just out of there tent and like running towards her. Uh, you know, there's no crew member that had to go to the hospital for an asthma attack. One of the things I love about the feature is, you know, you're, you're kind of speaking to the showrunners throughout and, you know, you sort of make it clear that at this point in the run of the show, they do seem to have this sixth sense about what is a calamity and what is just the, the 90 other minor calamities that right. may occur over the course of the day and, you know, concerns about drones and all this stuff. Yeah. But, like, in general, so except for when they were running to the set concerned about what are their leads, um, what was their kind of mood like? You, you've spoken to them mm -hmm. at every stage of the show from season one yeah. like, onwards. Um, what's the vibe like among these two guys as they are putting the finish touches on, on this show has it changed notably from where they were at three four five years ago I mean when I was on set they were in the middle of directing the series finale and so they were not looking to talk <laughs> you know they were very focused they were very intense you know they were very much looking to obsess about every detail of their episode and get it right so I mean I barely talked to them while I was on set it wasn't until later and now they're still doing the you know thing where it's like well it's still not done you know we're still in editing you know we're still putting we're still making choices we're still putting the final touches on on everything uh, so they're not even I asked them to sort of tease up the season and say you know how does it look you know and they're like oh well you know we don't know yet <laughs> you know, so, so even now you know and this is just a couple weeks ago you know, even now they're still not sort of willing to sort of you know praise you know their own work you know they're 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 still in it you know and uh -huh. and and figuring it out um, you kind of mentioned earlier there's a great moment in the story where you're speaking to uh, Maisie Williams mm -hmm. and Sophie Turner um, and uh, you know th their conversation is going all kinds of great directions they talk about how the Titanic was made yeah. right there <laughs> um, but I guess I'd like to know you know you have these great moments in the story of you know kind of speaking to some of these actors um, was this kind of at a point where were they like were they kind of making jokes? Was it like the kind of trench humor style? Uh, I, I, I think Maisie mentions that she had to train for a year for yeah, her work. Yeah. I don't know if she trained episode. for a year, but she was definitely asked to train for a year. It <laughs> sounded like she blew off some of the training, thinking that wasn't going to be that hard. But uh, uh, yeah, she was asked by the director Miguel Sapochnik a year before to start, you know, start training now because this is going to be really hard. And um, yeah. But like, like as far as like kind of coaxing some of these stories out of the actors, yeah. was it sort of like talk to me later? Was it kind of yeah. like I mean, it seems like they were all under a great moment of like physical duress yeah. at the point that yeah. you were on. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they, I mean, when it came time to talk, you know, and this is just one of the benefits of being able to cover a show uh, for year after year after year is, is the actors kind of get to know you and they get comfortable around you so they don't have their walls up, up as much and to, 
And uh, you know, you know they, they were very candid. I mean, Maisie Williams said that you know, you know, there are times you're just broken as a human and you want to cry. Um, you know, Rory uh, McCann, who plays uh, the Hound, was just like, "All of us pray we never have to do this again." <laughs> yeah, you know, um, uh, Ian Glenn, who plays Sir Jorah, was just saying, "You know, you just got a bunch of fucked actors, and this is the most unpleasant experience I've had working on the show." You know, and again, it's like when you're there, and it's like, and. It, it's hard to realize. One thing, it's like you're not in, in a city. You're not like in an area where there's comforts around you. You're like in the middle of like this farmer's field, um, you know, just kind of you know out in a rural countryside. And it's yeah, like you're like in it the whole time. It seems like for them, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you're, you're not always filming, but well, I don't know. It probably feels yeah. that way when yeah. you're filming all through the night and sleeping in the daytime. Yeah, it's it's that or nothing essentially. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's like you know, it's like. Uh, you know, the temperatures are like in the low 30s. Uh, it's raining a lot of the time, and there, you know, so it's the cold rain and wind and mud and you know, horse poop and you know, you know, choking smoke and ash and fake paper snow that that you end up you know swallowing. <laughs> you know, so and and you're sort of doing that night after night after night. You know, and you're not getting to bed till 7 a.m. And then you kind of get up and you're kind of zonked and you just kind of go and do it all over again. And so, so you do that night after night after night, and you just get completely smashed. And you know, some of the heroes on the set were really the extras. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a thing in, in the new issue um, about the extras because, you know, if you think about, it, you've never read a, an interview with the Game of Thrones extra because they're not allowed to talk to the media, and they don't. And these guys, for like around, you know, uh, you know, probably, probably less than like a hundred bucks a day, you know, they're one of the first people to get to the set. They're one of the last to leave. Um, you know, they you know, nobody knows their name. You know, they they don't talk about the show, and they just give every scene their best. And as a showrunner's put it, you, you know, an extra can make a shot, and an extra can completely ruin the shot. You know, so they always have to just be completely on just as much as the regular actors uh, in terms of filling out the background of those shots. Yeah, especially when Spochnik's filming and it's just kind of like, let's do a big pile of people that right. someone has to climb through. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, and, and there, there are some... Everyone stay on your toes. There are some, you know, some pile action in, 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 in the final season. And yeah, you see people in there. What's really funny is you look at those body piles and you can't tell the difference between living actors faking it and the the sort of corpses crash that, test that, dummies, that yeah. the, the crash test dummies <laughs> corpses that the makeup department makes up and they all kind of blend together and then after someone yells cut you know the living ones will start to move and it's just creepy as fuck um what else did you see we know you saw sam because yeah. you may have single-handedly rescued a moment <laughs> with sam looking too no. badass oh. apparently yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was that was uh, it was it was a funny moment just because um you know, John Bradley, who's so awesome playing uh, Samuel Tarley, was fighting off whites, and you know the whites are played by, by by stuntmen, and he was fighting off one after another after another, and he was looking great. I was like really impressed, and uh, you know, at how far much Sam has grown, and I was like, oh, you know, Sam looks like a badass, and the producer looked all unhappy. Uh, Brian Cogman, who's who's a producer and a writer on the show, who's just you know super terrific, and uh, you know he. And Brian Cogman was just like, oh, that's the problem. Sam isn't supposed to look like a badass, you know, and like, you know, you know went in there and, and sort of told John to like, oh, you know, you need to be more Sam-like. And 
uh, and afterwards, John Bradley's just like, yeah, you know, it's hard. It's it's it, it, it's difficult when you're doing some of these shots because you you train and you train and you train and you know you can do it really well. And everybody wants to look cool, right? I mean, everybody right. wants to look like Jon Snow, but but you have to kind of be your character and you have to kind of you know look worse at something than you actually are. Yeah. Well, and again, like I assume again, that's just the sort of the added like detail to add in once you've done all the perfect choreography is like now I have to be the person who's not that great. At yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I have to do that, but deliberately. He just wanted to look cool, look James. He yeah. just wanted to look cool. I mean, I, I, you know, I, you know, the thing it's is, the thing, thing, thing is, you were there. I, 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 I related to that so hard because I was just like, I would feel the same way. I would be like, you know, I don't care what my character is. You know, I, you know, I want to look like Jon Snow. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, you know, James, your feature goes so in depth about the big battle of the yeah. season. Is there an official code phrase for it? Are we just calling it the Battle of Winterfell? Is there some other cool like Twitter hashtag thing that we can get going? Well, I mean. Winter Fallen? I mean, no, no, not good, not good. Take it back. (laughs) On on, on set, they were referring to it as the long night because, you know, it is, you know, a a night shoot. But I don't know if that is what they're referring to the battle as or if that's what they're just referring to the night shoots as because after it wrapped, crew members were wearing you know, jackets that said, you know, I survived the long night, referring to the 11 <laughs> weeks of night shoots. But but, it, but it's interesting because it's like, you know, will he title the episode that? Because that's what the prequel is supposed to be called. And But George R. R. Martin has said he wants the prequel called that, but HBO hasn't confirmed that. So, you know, I'm not sure what's going on there. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, but so besides this, again, this single battle episode, which uh, I love that, you know, in your future, you kind of mentioned that, like, there is some theory that this might be the longest, I, I think, is it longest continuous battle sequence in yeah. the history of filmed content? Is, I mean, is, is that the kind of definition that we're working on? I mean, that's, I mean, you sort of hate... I tried so hard to dig into, yeah. like, what, what was that, like, silent Napoleon movie? That, right, like, but I don't right, think, I don't right. think it was a continuous battle sequence. Right. Well, you know, it's so <laughs> tough because you don't want to say it definitively. Because you know there, there could be some like silent you know Napoleon movie which actually beats it, or, and 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 then you look. I tried like, so hard to find. And it. then there's someone on Twitter who goes, well, actually, you know, but you know, uh, Miguel was like looking for examples, and he looked at um, you know there's there's two that he sort of looked at in particular, and one was Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, and that's you know the Great Battle of Helm's Deep, which is a little under 40 minutes. And there's also the movie Thirteen Assassins, which it was just a terrific samurai movie. And um, the, basically, the you know the first half of that movie is all kind of lead up, and the second half is pretty much all action. And that runs about 40 minutes as well. And he was looking at it to try and get a sense of when do you tire out as a viewer? When how do you balance when, this stuff? When, yeah. when yeah, how do you balance this stuff? You know, and he noticed that on Helm's Deep. Um, you know, it's not actually not continuous battle. You know, you're sort of cutting. You're cutting between three different stories in that during that battle sequence. Because they're and cutting to the tree stuff too. They're, oh no, they're, no. they're cutting away from. Oh, sorry, you mean within the sequence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 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 even within the sequence, there are like there are different things going on in different parts mm-hmm. of the battle, and so you're cutting between them, and they're doing that like you know. Like times eight, <laughs> you, know, you know, in this. So, so because you're following different characters in their own stories, and it looks like from the trailer that uh, you know Arya is probably one of them. Yeah. You know, and they all have their own story going on within this action sequence. So, are you know, Arya Stark's storyline is is clearly one that you're following. And from what I gather, each storyline is also like a slightly different genre. 
So even though it's all within the same battle, like one was described to me as like survival horror, you know, and you know, I'm sure one is going to be like out on the battlefield. I mean, you saw, you know, Jamie Lannister at what looked like at the Winterfell ramparts, you know, you know, leading and yelling. So you know, you're going to be cutting to different ones that have different feels, and they're all kind of intermixed together. But you know, some of it's going to be action, and some of it's very much not going to be action. It's sort of it's all in one action sequence, but uh, one thing that Gal noted, he says, the less actual fighting you see in these action scenes, in some ways, that's better. So More like it, anticipation, yeah, or more like... Yeah, yeah. So, so when it's longest consecutive action sequence, it's not like, you know, non-stop fighting. It's that, you know, from the very, literally the very beginning of the episode to the very end, it's all this war and, uh, you know, all the different things that are going on between it. And there are quiet moments, you know, within that and suspenseful moments within that. And there's like running moments in that, there's fighting moments in that. So it's all kind of mixed together. And again, what's interesting is this is one episode of the final six. Um, you know, obviously a climactic moment in some ways, but I mean, even me knowing nothing, there's clearly a lot more that has to happen in the aftermath of it. I was just so intrigued by the fact that because the trailer that we saw this morning was so heavy on that battle, I was almost for a second kind of like, because again, I, I just don't know, I was almost kind of like, is that going to be like the first episode back or something? Mm. Like, and it's interesting to me that like, again, this to me is kind of the cool thing about this season is you do have this gigantic sort of um, intense mm -hmm. war conclusion <clears throat> to what seems like many stories and perhaps many lives on the show moment. Um, but there's sort of more to come after that. I guess that's where the Cersei part of the trailer kind of comes in. Um, as far as like the rest of the season, there's great stuff on that in the feature. But what to you kind of seem the most compelling as you kind of talking to the people about about what's to expect besides the long night, well, besides I, Winterfall? <laughs> well, uh, you know, just to riff on that, it's like you know, there's the, the, the series opener, which is not the battle. In terms of where the battle actually falls, you know, that hasn't been you know, said by anyone. There's like uh, some rumors out there, but you know, you know, it's basically sort of a, a secretive thing. So, so I won't like spoil that. Um, but uh, in terms of what else is going on, yeah, that's sort of tricky to talk about, and uh, so I'm not sure I can really get into it. Um, you know, the Cersei storyline. It, it's funny because as you know, we know there's like no dialogue. It tells you nothing. I think they're kind of being a bit, you know, locked down about that one. Um, and so she still uh, has the best strategy. Yeah, we've we've discussed. This. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we we talked yeah. about this a bit in a preview uh, episode for the season. But like the idea of being like, well, mm. like I have my own kingdom, mm -hmm. which is really far away from where this battle is happening. Mm -hmm. I'm getting some good backup from mm -hmm. like the the Greyjoy fleet, and I'm like, you know, I, I am not going to be totally <clears throat> decimated in this battle against mm -hmm. you know the literal undead yeah. and the like blue flame firing dragon. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess she's playing the kind of pick up the pieces game, mm -hmm. which seems, you know, so long as everyone else heroically defeats the environmental catastrophe for her, she's going to be mm -hmm. fine. I, I find that just, it's interesting because, you know, I think so much of the anticipation for this season is mm -hmm. very focused on, like, these character notes to pay off and these, this, you know, world to save, yeah. essentially, but there is still a kingdom to win, and she's the one person who's kind of allowed to be thinking about that right now, which is just so, I don't know, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great place to be in. I'd, yeah. I'd want to be in that place if I were someone <laughs> on the show. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and then, of course, there's characters like Theon. You know, we didn't see any any of, of Theon. I'm the glad trailer. you mentioned it, James. Oh, no. I was disappointed <laughs> about go. that, too. What's yeah. going on with Theon? <laughs> we, well, he's, he's setting off. We he's saw him setting off the to rescue uh, Yara, or at mm. least try to. 
Mm -hmm. yeah. The 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 payoff of the Greyjoy storyline is what everyone's really waiting for. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, oh. Uh, you know. Another thing too. Uh, Hound and Mountain. I mean, that was that. That's that. That's that's another well, thing. This that is the stuff I'm talking about. about. Yeah. That's interesting. That like that yeah. is just something that has been built up for so long. Yeah. And yet, I mean, unless something drastically shifts, it doesn't seem like yeah. that plays into this sort of long night, uh, up in winter <laughs> sequence. So it'd be great if the if the Hound and Mountain had Clegane Bowl like in the middle of. <laughs> Of the White Walker attack, and they're just like, we don't care like, let's do about, about the Army of the Dead. We're, we're, we're you know, you know, this is on. You know, Twitter wants it. Let's, they would do that. They yeah. would definitely do that in like in like a yeah. samurai movie yeah. or martial arts movie. That yeah. would happen. They'd be like, okay, like we're setting yeah. aside the sort of greater war for a second here, <laughs> right? For a ten right. minute long, right. like mano a mano fight scene. <laughs> it's 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 funny because you know uh, one of our covers is, is Hound and Mountain, and we got them to, to you know cross swords, and the cover is our way of sort of you know trying to make the game bowl happen. <laughs> um, you know, in our character teases, uh, there's a there there there's a quote from from Rory, you know, where he says that uh, that in terms of his brother, that he will get a chance to face those demons. Mm -hmm. So he's sort of, he's sort of teasing to at least some sort of resolution uh, with that storyline. Fascinating. So James, as you mentioned, uh, the new issue is out now mm -hmm. with your feature, your interview with George R. R. Martin, and a wide variety of other Game of Thrones related things. Everyone should go buy, I'd say at least six of the collectible copies. Yeah, I, I think person, six or seven is good. Right? Yeah, sure. I, I want the Night King one. Mm -hmm. That's the one that everybody was really freaked out about, but I'm like, that's the one that I want to get. The Night King's one <laughs> great, and we actually have an interview with the Night King in, in the issue. The, 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 the actor plays him. him. Yeah, and, and he like he like never gives an interview. So, so that, that was one where I was like, you know, if we put him on the cover, we want to get him there's talk, the, you know? there's a core fan base for the night king yeah. and yeah, uh, that, no, is certainly, total. that is someone who uh like so yeah but everyone should check that out um your feature is up on the internet right now everyone can go read that alongside a lot of other coverage that you're putting up yeah um i would say like somewhat consistently between now and certainly through next month um, is there anything else that people should be kind of looking out for on the uh, ew game of thrones beat yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much, I mean, every weekday from here to the start of the new season, we're going to have another Game of Thrones story. We have all sorts of interviews with different actors in the show uh, that we've been, you know, holding to, to post. Um, so we're going to have a lot of preseason content that will be spoiler-free. And then once the uh, actual series starts to air, you know, we're going to have this uh, podcast uh, coming out probably like every Monday afterward. Uh, we're gonna have our EW recaps. Uh, we're gonna have post-mortem interviews that you want to find anywhere else uh, with different actors, you know, in each episode. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty much saturation bombing. It's like a total, like, Drogon, you know, flamethrower <laughs> torching of, of, of content. Uh, you know, pretty much nonstop through the, all the way through. I think it's, finale's like May, May 19th. It's, it's two days. It's two days yeah. before my birthday. Yeah. So, oh, uh, oh, awesome! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so thank yeah. you, thank you, HBO. Yeah. Planned it out just yeah. perfectly. Yeah. The day before the birthday is going to be hard on us. Yes, it's be yes. Yeah. Hardest on you, I, I imagine. I, but that's going to be a fun Monday morning wake. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure after the, all this, I'm just going to just just collapse. I, 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 I collapse like I've been in the James. You the already battle. beat the staff infection. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're coming back stronger yeah. than ever. Um, yeah. Everyone should definitely uh, check us out. Uh, we're going to be back before the season yeah. returns for one more preview episode, I think, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. We have one more preview episode sometime after the, um, like shortly after the premiere screening, because they're going to do a big premiere screenings in Belfast and New York, and I'm going to be going to the New York one, and so I'll be able to talk a little bit about, you know, 
the uh, the first episode after that and sort of do a little more you know preview content before uh, for the new season. And of course, uh, we'll be doing new episodes every week after the new season debuts on April 14th. A lot of Game of Thrones stuff coming your way. If anybody wants to chat Thrones between now and then, and I assume pretty much everybody does, tweet at him. He's at James Hibbard. Tweet at me. I'm at Darren Franich. Um, you know, where's all the Night King fans at? That's what I'm all about. <laughs> Let's hear from him again some more. He's the most important character, it, it turns out. Maybe not the most important character, yeah. but he's he's high up there. Yeah. He's lasted a lot longer on the show than some people <laughs> have. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks with EW's Game of Thrones Weekly.